Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. How to Holiday is on my mind because after the past couple of years of COVID-colored holidays, part of me is like, wait, how do we do this again? I have many feelings about it. On the one hand, we are lucky to have large families who want to come together with generosity and love. On the other, introvert Christine struggles with small talk at large gatherings. Over the years, I've found that I much prefer one-on-one or small group gatherings with just a few people so we can really dig in and talk. Over time, I have reframed this reality not as being a curmudgeonly party pooper, but as being able to be true to myself and best show up for the people I care about. We also have the wonderful added complexity of a very bouncy, excitable poodle. I joke, but I don't joke. James is the world's friendliest mammal and also a classic pandemic dog. The combination of these two things means that he gets overexcited around people indoors. So I needed to look back at my photo memories to even remember what happened the last couple of years for context when holidays got weird. In 2020, we hunkered in and it ended up being really great. We started a new lovely tradition of making whatever we wanted, which included making all pies, just six pies for the four of us. It was great. We loved it. It was perfect. And I ended up boxing up and delivering pie slice samplers for some relatives who I knew would be on their own due to holiday social distancing. It was actually kind of fun. In 2021, we continued the tradition and made six different sweet and savory pies for our home Thanksgiving, in addition to Violet's request of mashed potatoes and cheesy monkey bread. (laughs) Clearly, we don't care about turkey. There was a very small gathering at one of my sister's houses that we popped into for a short stretch since James, our dog, could neither be trusted to come with us or stay home alone for a long stretch. But I was still so worried about COVID that I didn't take my mask off or eat anything, even though we had all rapid tested beforehand. To be honest, it was more awkward than just staying home altogether. This year, as of the time I'm recording this introduction, we still haven't fully figured our plans out, but here's where I'm at. Again, some things don't change because hello, mixed feelings. I do know we want to be anchored at home and my kids are excited to make our pie plan. We will probably also make cheesy monkey bread. (laughs) I will share that recipe in the notes. We're also super excited because Laurel is bringing a college friend home. I always loved the way my mom welcomed people into our home usually students who didn't have a place to land for Thanksgiving. So I am just delighted to have the chance to be a welcoming space this year. And yes, she has been warned about the bouncy poodle. Her family has two dogs, so she seems unfazed. We will probably need to do some driving to visit with our families of origin, which means we will spread things out over the weekends around Thanksgiving. It's not 100% ideal for me, but it will be fine. Now, on to today's episode. Food is always an anchor around the holidays, and as I was thinking about, how do we do this again? 
I decided to go into the Edit Your Life archives. And it was great to listen to some back episodes where Asha and I talked about holiday food and simplifying processes. And those tips are just as relevant today. So this week, I'm delighted to share a vault gem that will give you the delight of hearing Asha's voice again while sharing some super smart and simple holiday food planning tips. We'll get to that after a quick break. We are talking about holiday food hacks. Yum, yum, yum. So... Uh, Asha, I'm kind of like rubbing my hands together and envisioning like a very awesome Excel grid right now because my first recommendation. (laughs) I thought you were going to say you're thinking about food, but no, you're thinking about an Excel spreadsheet. I sure am because my first recommendation is going to is to create a food preparation run of show. Uh, Run of show is kind of like a (laughs) businessy type of term, but uh, basically the idea is to look at all the recipes you're planning. And then map out an actual schedule when you're going to need to do what, as in like a time-locked run of show for when you need to prep, assemble, and cook each dish. I recommend Excel because perhaps you could like, you know, set it up for 10-minute increments and then like drag and drop so it automatically populates and then you could fill stuff in. I'm getting super nerdy here. But anyway, Mm. my point is I have found in the past that this is so helpful because first, you don't have to think about how and when to like fit the moving pieces together on the fly um, with each recipe because it's all mapped out. Second, and this is the big one that I've struggled with in the past, and this is why the timing, you know, run of, run of show helps, is you don't have any kind of last minute crises with oven Tetris trying to figure out like, oh, no, I need the oven at this time for this thing. And then third and maybe most important is for me, when I see a list laid out like this in a time lock fashion, if it's getting too jammed up, this is the time to edit it down. So Mm. it's just really helpful on a number of levels um, to kind of decrease stress around holiday food prep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have a number of thoughts. First of all, it's totally awesome. And I think everyone loves when you get very nerdy about Excel. So (laughs) um, I bet you there is some percentage of people listening to this going, I want to see that spreadsheet, you know, and are very curious about the details about how you do it. So um, I, I love that you call it run of show. Um, because in a way like executing a big holiday meal, you know, with lots of dishes and everything, it is kind of like putting on a show. And, um, I realize that might not be, you know, the reference, but it, it is sort of like that. And, um, it's so help it, it like, as you say this, it makes me realize that so much of that thinking can be done ahead of time. And you could even have a special column in your spreadsheet for <laughs> which serving dishes you're going to use. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, that's the that's funny for me. The oven Tetris doesn't happen, but the serving dish crisis does happen because I don't have all the right stuff. So anyway, like, uh, you know, I'm going to put this in that bowl and this is that, you know, whatever that that helps. But I think that is a genius idea. Good. I love the uh, I love the added column, Asha. I'm a fan. The yeah, other man. the other thing I do when something I, after these years with seriously, you. Seriously, uh, the other thing I like to do with that specific problem because I have that too is if I'm laying out a buffet, I just stick post its in each of the dishes, saying like what is going in them because otherwise I can't remember or I forget and leave something in the fridge or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, very smart, very smart. Anywho. Okay, great. I think that's a great place to start. Um, that actually folds very nicely into my first tip, which is probably obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. And that is to make dishes ahead of time and freeze them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some goods really do. I mean, some foods, not some goods. What am I saying? Some foods taste just as good 
um, when you, you know, make them ahead of time and then reheat them or defrost them as they do when you make them fresh. And so I'm thinking about things like casseroles, uh, stuffing, um, you know, like some frozen vegetables are fabulous, like green beans, um, Mm -hmm. unbaked fruit pies, all sorts of things. So um, this fits in really well with the whole idea of creating this run of show schedule because you can note um, in your schedule when to defrost things, when to, you know, where to where to defrost them. And that way you won't forget about them because sometimes it's easy to forget that something is sitting in your freezer. I love this. And I love adding it to the grid because, you know, the Excel spreadsheet, you could color code your mm. frozen items blue or blue. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the frozen items have to be blue. Oh, gosh, I'm I'm really losing it. Um, Anyway, I think I think that's great. I, mm-hmm. I actually think the one thing if I could I don't really need it, but like a wonderful addition to our home could be sort of one of those extra small freezers, you know, because mm. I feel like we don't really quite have enough freezer space. So oh, we um, have an extra freezer. It is nice. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really nice, especially if you, you know, especially if you're someone who, who sort of thinks ahead a little bit. But, you know, it's I guess the other the only other thing I would say about the freezer is to just make sure that you have enough freezing containers and or foil or whatever you need, um, freezer bags, mm-hmm. whatever type of container you use to freeze your stuff. Just make sure you have that on your grocery list when you buy whatever you need. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, I am actually, this next thing I want to talk about is potluck, which I am a huge fan of. And at this time of recording, uh, the co-family is in active potluck planning mode. So it's very top of mind. Um, given how big my family of origin is, we have always done potluck and it is delightful. And it's always this crazy, um, I'm using air quotes, like mishmash, nothing matches in, in the sense that it's a mix of traditional American, um, like Thanksgiving fair and then Korean dumplings and noodles. (laughs) It all looks Mm. a little weird, but it's awesome. So I think, you know, at a baseline level, I love potluck because it, introduces people to, you know, new dishes. It's a great conversation starter, all that good stuff. Um, but I also sort of more tact- tactically recommend being really specific about categories. So for example, if you are hosting um, and you love focusing on main dishes, but you hate making salads and side dishes, like tell people to bring those. Um, and then um, also when I'm the person bringing the potluck, which is the case this Thanksgiving, I actually always make a point to not bring anything that either needs to be assembled or takes up oven space because I know that has been stressful for me in the past. Because, you know, if I, if I have my grid going and then somebody shows up and is like, yeah, can I toss this in the oven for a half hour? It like completely blows up the plan. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I would recommend, you know, if you are hosting and you're passing out potluck jobs, just ask for items that can be put on the buffet as are, as is. So you're not stressed out about it. Mm. Oh, I'm, I have to say, I'm so envious of potluck for Thanksgiving because it does seem so much fun. I mean, I just, the idea of seeing all this food laid out and you don't exactly know it's coming and there's variety. Yeah, there, there I is just an element of exciting uh, excitement, oh, like yeah. you know, revealing what's under the foil. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what's under the foil? <laughs> and you know, it's funny you mentioned. Uh, you know, if you're the person bringing the potluck, you had this tip about uh, you know shouldn't take up oven space and stuff, all that. Um, I have another tip about that actually, which has really helped me in the past. And one is to label your serving dish, which 
is something you can do with painter's tape or a mm-hmm. post-it note or whatever, just so that people know who's serving dishes, who's. And then also to bring your own serving spoon or whatever you need oh, to yeah. like yeah, get yeah, it yeah, out yeah. of the thing to put it on the plate. So if it's a, you know, pie, whatever you call those things, pie server. Pie server. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, serving dish or whatever. I mean, a serving spoon, whatever it is. Bring that with you so that you're not, uh, you know, like rustling around in people's drawers and they don't know what, mm-hmm. what you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. All right. I'm just going to imagine a big potluck. Um, I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture yeah, of this Thanksgiving. <laughs> please do. Um, I especially want to see those dumplings. Um, so my family, okay, my next tip is to order part or all of your holiday meal pre-made. This may be, you know, sort of heresy to some, but I think I just want to talk about it because I think that it's one of those things where sometimes it just really works. Mm -hmm. So in my, in the case of my family's Thanksgiving, um, we're all coming in from out of town. So uh, some of us are flying, some of us are driving. It's not super practical for us to have a potluck, which means that whoever's hosting has a big job. Um, You know, so it's just that's the way it goes. And so um, when I hosted Thanksgiving one year, I outsourced a dish or two to my local natural foods grocery store. So they make this full holiday menu available for order and pickup. You can either order the turkey or sides or whatever you want to order. You can, you know, all sorts of things. And it was really worth it to me to just have a couple of things like they were ready to go. They looked nice. They were just ready to go. And it was really worth the the time and cleanup savings for me, even though it it actually might not have even cost that much more. Yeah. If I really think yeah. about it. Um, you know, another option is you could support your local bakery and order pie and desserts and things. I mean, there are all sorts of ways to do this, but I just want to uh, sort of issue Internet permission to, you know, to do that. I think it's one of those things can actually really make things easier. I love this and I'm really glad you brought it up. And I just so plus one. And then also I just wanted to since you mentioned the um pie and desserts option that um, just like poke around also because a lot this time of year, a lot of schools will do order your pie fundraisers. Um, And I'm going to also link up in the notes. I don't know if the timing will be too late, but this reminds me that there's an amazing organization in Boston called um, Community Servings, I think, which basically does these pie fundraisers. You buy, you buy your holiday pies. You know, I think they're probably a little bit more than you would normally would get at, um, you know, the, the, um, the local bakery, but, uh, per, you know, part of it goes or all of it goes to charity. And it's just, there's just a lot of ways to intersect giving with, um, outsourcing, which is, you know, a genius double win. So, oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. You, that makes me think of something. I let me just add something really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's genius. Um, the second thing is like, this really is an opportunity to support your local business people, you know? So, uh, you know, there are the sort of, um, you know, weird pies at the corporate grocery store. And then there are the very delicious pies at the sort of local baker. Weird pies. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Those pies are weird. You're going to have pie. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, okay, I have opinions about pies, but you might have another, you know, whatever else it is. I mean, if you just do a little bit of poking around, you might find that there are some really interesting businesses, whether they're catering businesses, food businesses, you know, local restaurants, who knows? But 
a little poking around could really allow you to support some some local folks during the holidays, which is when they are really like this is a big time for them. Mm-hmm. So that's something really cool to do and really fun. And then the only other thing I would add is if you're still feeling like I can't order, you know, food from somebody else for my own holidays, you could, you know, tip it onto a serving platter and garnish it however you like. You can add personal flourishes. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to remind you that there's still like personal um, personalizing that's possible with with food like this. Absolutely. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. All right. Well, we have a bunch more holiday food hacks to share, and we will do that after a quick break. And we're back. Hello, folks. Uh, we're talking about holiday food hacks and how to sort of edit down the job of uh, creating big holiday meals. Um, so my next tip on this topic is that appetizers and hors d'oeuvres should be low to no prep, mm-hmm. meaning they should just not involve cooking, fussing, anything like that. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's worth a little context because at least in my family, holiday meals often come with a long wait beforehand. It's almost those, those uh, it's turkeys almost like take a, a long time. They always take longer than you think. <laughs> well, and it's like people are like, come over at 3 p.m. And then, you know, you're eating at, you know, 7 p.m. or whatever. And, um, you know, hungry, restless people, especially kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's almost a cliche at this point, like when's the meal going to start? So I think pre-meal snacks really do make sense. However, doing extra work does not make sense because clearly you're busy enough. And the other thing is the meal is really the main event and you really want to focus people's attention and appetite there. You don't want people getting all full and then it's like, I'm not really hungry for turkey. Oh, that's such a bummer. So I think appetizers should be kept light and simple. And I'm talking a bowl of chips and dip, a little bowl of nuts, whatever, a tray of crackers and cheese and fruit. Um, And, you know, maybe choose fruit that you don't have to slice, like little tiny, you know, snippets of grapes or berries or something like that. Anything that's really easy to arrange on a plate and then just put out there on the table. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, This is reminding me that I'm going to make a note to self, you know, so I can win onto the year award at Thanksgiving to bring a couple bags of pop chips, because basically that's. That's all the children want to snack on before a big family meal. So, yeah. Um, yeah, keep it simple. I love that. I mean, you could even, as you're outsourcing to your local grocer or whoever, you know, you could get a, you know, pre-laid out crudite or fruit and cheese platter or whatever it is. So there's there's just so many options to make it easier, which is awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So my next thing is to be mindful about food allergies and preferences, um, you know, Reality is having a kid with a life-threatening food allergy is no joke. And I was just emailing with my family about this. Um, You know, the reality is one thing I have learned through this journey with allergies is that even if people love your kids dearly, um, your kids' allergies are just not going to be top of mind. And it used to hurt my feelings when somebody would like once again offer, you know, Violet almond milk or, or like products with nuts all over them. But I just realized, you know, it's just not top of mind for them. And that's, that's okay. So, um, I don't take it personally anymore. It's just reality. And before every holiday gathering, I just remind people about the situation and say, you know, it would be awesome to avoid using the injector or going to the ER. So like, can we just do this? And people are always great. And like, thank you for the reminder. Um, 
So, yes. And I have to say that over the years, um, you know, based on my kids, friends and their food sensitivities and then, you know, having a lot of vegetarians in the family and what have you, I actually feel like I've developed a very food inclusive perspective in general. So I do try to prioritize, you know, having vegetarian options, gluten-free, nut-free, all that stuff. Cause you know, different people are, you know, they just have different preferences and it's just nice to open up the table to as many people as possible. Mm. I love how you talked about a food inclusive perspective. Um, I've never really heard it um, described that way. That's exactly what it is um, because, you know, I, I have many friends, um, you know, adults and children who have various dietary, whether it's allergies or sensitivities or, or choices. Um, it is really nice, especially at this time of year. I, you know, I, I don't even know why I said especially this time of year. Really, it's nice all the time. But at a time when we're inviting people into our homes, many of us, it is really nice for people to come in and feel like, ah, there's a place for me. Um, at this table. And um, that is just such a, that's so important. Um, I'm I'm just, I don't know. I'm just struck by the words that you chose for that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think, um, you know, it's good to find gifts in, in difficult things. Right. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, one of the things that this is one of the big things that Vise Allergies have really taught me. And I remember when Laurel was younger and she was having a birthday party and there was, um, you know, one friend who has celiac and so she can't have gluten. And, you know, her mom was always great about communicating about it, but she was invited to this party. And I said to Laurel, you know, let's make the whole thing like her mom was like used to always bringing like the gluten free cupcake you know, in a like individual thing or whatever. And I said, let's just make this whole thing not pizza and cake. Let's do taco, a taco bar and let's do ice cream sundaes instead, you know, so that everybody could eat the same thing. And it was just awesome. And like mm-hmm. seeing the I don't think I was overreading it, but like all the kids were happy and, you know, the girl who usually had to bring her own thing was just psyched to be eating all the same thing as same things as everyone else. So that experience really opened my eyes to, um, you know, to how, how great it is to be inclusive around food stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. That was really, really cool. Um, all right. It just makes me think about, oh, what am I, what am I serving? I'm, I'm thinking about that now. Um, all right. So my next tip is to borrow serving dishes. Um, all right. I don't think I'm projecting too much when I say there's always at least one grown up in the neighborhood who has things like (laughs) extra gravy boats and serving trays and platters they're not using. You know who I'm talking about. I I bet you have a, like a picture in your mind about who that person is. I am not that person. I'm (laughs) the person who's always like pulling out my, you know, nine by 13 Pyrex platter, you know, and going, okay, here's, here's a serving dish. (laughs) Uh, it's fine. I don't, you know, I'm not really, it's not that I think we all need serving dishes, but the fact is that there are probably serving dishes, uh, in your neighborhood that are going unused. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to ask around before you go out and buy that stuff. So not only will you save money and storage space, um, you know, it's one of those things where you sort of pull your neighborhood relationships a little closer. You know, we talked about this in minimalist parenting that sometimes the asking and, doing a favors, you know, those little tiny things that we do for each other, just, you know, they sort of knit neighborhoods together. And um, it's fun to connect with your neighbors in these little tiny ways, you know, like, do you have bay leaves that those tiny ways, Um, because especially during the holidays, things tend to get so busy that like those little casual interactions sometimes stop happening. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, it's fun to have a little excuse to, to talk to your neighbor, even if it's about a gravy boat, because who has gravy boats? I, I don't, don't know. A, I don't. I don't think I have one. Um, I don't think I've ever made gravy, actually. But I love that you bring that point up because it is true that, you know, even though it feels like an ask, it's actually it's not exactly just an ask. Um, so I love it. And uh, this reminds me, I wanted to just share that our my next door neighbor, she also loves baking. And so we literally do that thing every now and then where we're like, oh, I ran out of sugar. Can I borrow some sugar? You know, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I just love it. It's so great. I love that she feels comfortable and that I feel comfortable. And it's it's awesome. It is a really good mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is why I mean, this is connected to the reason why I think sometimes we should ask our friends for rides to the airport, you know, like those sorts of things where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to bother them. OK, like those little tiny, quote unquote, bothers are actually little tiny friendship, you know, little bits of a friendship web. And I, I feel the same thing about neighborhood relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. All right. Well, the last thing I want to recommend is to remember that people love traditional favorites. And so I think um, because I'm a food person, I love food and I love cooking and I love baking. In the past, I have found myself feeling like, I don't know, this sounds a little self-centered, but I, I have felt like I needed to kind of wow people with new dishes or desserts I've never made before and they need to be spectacular and all that. And while that could be fun, like I legitimately got joy the year that I tried to make a bouche de Noel, that log thing. <laughs> like that was legitimately fun for me, but it's not great if it means amped up stress, kitchen fails, all that stuff. And I have totally, even as somebody who is really excellent at following re- following recipes, I've had recipes just fail because something something's definitely notated wrong. <laughs> um, anyway, so I know that when I've hosted Potluck, there are definitely awesome dishes I associate with guests, and I specifically ask for those. And they are delighted because they don't have to think about it. They It's easy for them to do. Um, and you know, similarly, potluck hosters have asked me to bring a specific thing. It's just easier for everyone. So, you know, embrace those items you've made a million times and you can make them in your sleep. Um, the point is togetherness, like not to spend the whole time toiling in the kitchen. So I just, I I know I tossed my, um, potluck suggestions in the ring to my sisters who's hosting Thanksgiving this year. And I just went with all stuff that I've made before. And Mm. I was like, this is going to be easy. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. That's really, really great. Yeah, it's so funny. I um, you know, like, you know, those beautiful holiday spreads that are that are on the covers of magazines at this time of year. Mm-hmm. You sort of go to the grocery store and you see these, you know, people laughing around a table and and it's like, that's great, you know, and your holiday table doesn't have to look like that. But somehow there is a very sort of even if you like you said, if you love cooking, um, there is the sense that like this year, do it this way. And I don't know. I also love to cook and try new things. Um, but I I really do love that, like, in our case, our Thanksgiving stuffing, it's exactly the same every year, and it comes out of a box. And I love, love that stuffing that comes out of a box. I love it. And I'm really glad that somebody makes the same thing every year. So, I, you know, as always, default to what makes food joyous for you. And if experimenting makes it joyous for you, then go for it. And then just say, you know, like, hey. Hey, everyone, it was a fail, but hey, it was fun. Or if making the traditional favorites is joyous for you, then embrace that. You know, mm-hmm. again, like your definition of what's fun um, may be different than somebody else's. And I just as always, we want to remind you to trust that feeling. 
Oh yeah. And I will, um, I'm going to just call it out here and link it up in case people are looking for something that might be new to them or not, and is also ridiculously easy. But one of my potluck contributions this year is a recipe I discovered last year. So it was new last year, but it was such a hit at our first holiday gathering that I literally made it three more times that season. (laughs) But it was like savory, cheesy monkey bread. So you know how like usually monkey bread is like pulling apart donuts? (laughs) Yeah, right. Cinnamon rolls. Yeah, Yeah. this is like delicious, cheesy, yummy goodness. And um, that's one of the things I'm bringing. And it's so ridiculously easy. There's no, I actually think there's absolutely no way you can mess it up. So I will link it up in the notes in case anybody wants to try something new, but really wants something super easy. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Like hearing you say that directly, because I'm wearing earbuds right now. And so like the words cheesy, delicious monkey bread went straight (laughs) into my brain. And, and Violet like, actually oh asked gosh. for it. She she remembered it from last year. And she said, I told her I was trying to figure out what to bring for potluck. And she's like, cheesy monkey bread. <laughs> <laughs> and also the phrase cheesy monkey is pretty funny. Right? I know. I it know. conjures funny imagery. So yes. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Asha, it is time for us to wrap up this delightful episode after which I'm now feeling like quite hungry. Uh, uh-huh. So what is your next edit today? Okay, my next edit is to investigate local options for getting some really good quality pre-made holiday dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really fun job. Like, this really is fun. It is useful, but it's also fun because you get to call around. You get to get recommendations from your friends. You know, maybe, like, call that one bakery that you passed one day down, you know, when you were heading somewhere else and you were curious about. So just... Set aside some time to to do a little investigating and maybe even some taste testing. Mm. Hmm. Fun, huh? Yeah, super fun. I like that. I like it a lot. Okay, my your next edit is to get your kids in the kitchen with you. <laughs> I paused because people are like, "Oh my gosh, here she goes again." Um, because people <laughs> know I'm I'm very into having kids get comfortable in the kitchen. I'm obsessed with life skills. I spent the whole summer writing and shooting video about it. <laughs> um. And I will say, I know that it can be a little stressful for people. So I recommend while you're embracing the favorites that you can make in your sleep, I recommend looping them into one of those recipes. So you're not stressed about trying to learn something new while like helping them figure out how to cook and how to be integrated into the recipe. It'll be fun. Like put some tunes on, have them be your helper. Vi and I like to pretend her favorite game when we're cooking together is to pretend we're on like master chef junior or kids baking championship and she'll be like you be the judge and walk by and ask me what i'm doing (laughs) there's a whole thing there's a whole thing about it Uh, that's pretty funny like a whole role play yeah so cute yeah i love hearing about your cooking family cooking adventures it's so cool yeah super fun friends wasn't that fun it is so lovely to hear asha's voice and her cheerful steadiness as always i hope you loved it too You'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show, or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>